Welcome to the Kickpod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Hey, Lawsy. Hi. How are you going? Good. That's good. Yeah, that's all. Okay, time for the chat. No. <laughs> we had a very big weekend and um, I think we're both a bit tired from it. We had the Brisbane Expo, Fitness Expo. It was so fun though. Which was amazing. Thank you so much to everyone who came and said hello. A lot of you actually would stop and say, oh, you must be getting so over this. But I promise you, we never get over it. Like meeting you best. guys in person is honestly the best and most rewarding part about what we do. Definitely is. And the weather, I wish, I feel like I didn't take and enough advantage of it. Mm. We did go for a long walk. In the we, sun, yeah. <laughs> we started going for a walk after the first day. We were like, it's such a beautiful day outside. Um, we were at the expo from I think like 10.30 to 2.30 and we were like, let's go get some fresh air. Um, and we started walking and we pretty much finished our walk, but then we remembered we had to trial our new run tracker. Yeah, we like, oh, we better keep walking for a little bit longer. And we ended up walking, I don't know, it was like an hour and a half. It was a long walk. I'm not a good walk. I just like running. So I was really tired. <laughs> I was really tired after. But when I got off the plane on, we got off the plane yesterday, I was like, oh my goodness, mm. it is colder than I remembered. It was very fresh, very, very fresh. But we are happy to be back and we are really excited for this week because that run tracker that we trialed will be launching oh it would, would have launched by the time you hear this podcast so we hope if any of you guys are using the app you are enjoying the new improvements it's so good i have always enjoyed using the run tracker but now it's like i don't know it's super motivating i think with those those split pace updates and everything like that so do you want to run through all the changes we've made yes it's my favorite part of our app mm-hmm. so in the run tracker every kilometer as steph said it will tell you over the what do you call it I was going to say over the speaker, through the app, oh, while you're listening to your music. Headphones. So you can listen to music and then every 500 metres you'll get a little encouragement from us to keep going. You can turn that off though, of course, <laughs> up to you if you want it or not. And then every kilometre will tell you your split pace and your average pace over the headphones. And you can also save your activity, click back into it. Yeah, so there's a lot more detail saved. Um, you can also choose to walk, run or cycle. So originally we only had the option to run and now we've got those three. Um, but yeah, so there's just a lot more detail, a lot more things. Um, even a lot of people wanted to know the kind of average calories burnt, all that sort of stuff is there as well. Um, so we're really excited. We really hope you guys enjoy it and, and please, um, do share if you do. And we love any feedback. Please send us any DMs. Um, if you have any more ideas that we can improve it, but we think we've got it. Pretty good. Yeah, and now for this week's chat. So I sat down with Ali Lemons. I was super jealous. I really miss I Ali. I was too sad that you, I was too sad. I was sad too. Yeah. So I'm not in this chat, but she. Did, I felt like I was when I listened to it and I heard her talking about those times in LA. I was like, God, I remember that. <laughs> She's got a really nice story. Ali is incredible. She actually has a. I think she, Rocky is three now. Mm three-year-old now. So Ali, Steph and I were friends. Um, We've been friends for about five years. I Mm. think we met through the industry and Ali um, is a PT and she's also got a degree in science, majoring in nutrition, but she actually fell pregnant, um, Mm. which was unexpected when she was 22. Mm -hmm. Um, And she now has a beautiful three-year-old daughter, Rocky, and she co-parents with her partner. So she has a, and the way that she speaks about her pregnancy journey um, and also 
she goes into how she felt isolated when she first had Rocky and mm-hmm. how it's actually really hard and no one talks about it. And and she goes into a lot of things, which I think uh, I found it really interesting and, and really I feel really lucky that she's shared her story with us. So. Yeah, definitely. She went into so much detail and went pretty deep. So thanks, Ellie, for being so open to share with our community and we hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, Elle. Hello. Thank you so much uh, for joining me today. This is your first podcast, you said. Yes, first podcast ever. It's a bit funny. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for, um, I suppose, sharing your story with us. I think you have got such a beautiful story and, I, and I'm really excited that, that you would let us um, share it. So to start off, I just wanted to talk about you before Rocky. Yes. So Ali and I have been, and Rocky is your daughter. Yes, Rocky is my daughter. She is nearly three in September. Oh, it's so exciting. I know, she's so big now. It's gone so quick. Yeah. So I knew you, our pre-Rocky. Yes. So we met probably five. Five years, yeah, it was probably about two years, I think. I can't even remember where we met. I was actually, when I was preparing for the podcast, yeah. I was trying to work it out and I, I think it would be at a, at a modelling job. Must have Elle been. and I both modelled together. Yeah. But I couldn't pinpoint it and I was trying to work it out. No, I can't remember it all. But <laughs> So it was at some type of job and then mm-hmm. Elle and I really connected um, with our, well, we both love running, so we used to run together yes. quite a lot. Um, and also your approach to wellness is very, very similar to mine and Steph's and, yes. and the Keep It Cleaner message, which is yes. amazing. So I wanted to start by talking about your life pre-Rocky. Okay, well, I started modelling when I was about 15 and mum and dad were a little bit iffy about it. Oh, you were 15. So I was 15. Early. I was early as before Instagram, before everything. Um, and, yeah, mum and dad were really like, you know, if we see any changes in your behaviour or your exercising or anything like that, I'm very lucky in that my whole family are beanstalks. So yes. it was <laughs> we're all <laughs> very tall and very thin. Um, that's just genetics. So it kind of worked out really well for me because I didn't have to change much and I just got to do it. Um, and then how did you start? Did someone approach you? I was actually babysitting my neighbours and their auntie came around randomly and she was a photographer and she was like, you should go into Vivian's, who are my first agency for probably – in about five or six years, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and so I went in and, yeah, it just kind of took off from there. But, you know, it's it's slow at the beginning. you got to do all the free mm-hmm. stuff and then slowly it builds up. And I never, I never ever saw modelling as something that I would do forever. Mm-hmm. So I did um, my personal training course and I did a Bachelor of Health Science majoring in psychology and nutrition as well as that. I had a bit of a break after I finished my degree. I went to LA, worked there for a bit. How was that? Look, it was good. It was fun. Um, I was 21. Mm-hmm. I think it was very different. I'm not a big partier. I've never been into all of that. And LA's modeling scene can be, it doesn't have to be, but it can be a lot more um, party 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 and mm-hmm. so that was a bit weird for me I think I went out actually I went out twice the first time was the first night I got there because I was like what a better way to do it than <laughs> kick jet lag than go out partying and I think I lasted like an hour and mm-hmm. then went back to my little model house and then the next time Steph came and she came over and she was like 
I want to go out. I was like, are you sure? I don't think you want to go out. And so we went out and we, and then she was like, yeah, we, we lasted probably like an hour. Was that your first time out of home? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Um, so I moved across. I'm an American citizen though. So it's a lot easier for me. My dad is from Iowa. Um, and so yes. And then I would jump back to Iowa whenever I got a bit homesick, which was really was handy. Often. How, how long were you there for in total? It was about six months LA, six months New York. Oh, so it was quite a long time. I think so. Maybe New York was a bit smaller. I'm not 100% sure. Um, But LA was about six months. And to be honest, it was the turning point for me where I realized that modeling was not what I wanted to be Mm, doing. Exactly the same as me when I went. Yeah, I just, I was just, you know, that you go to all these castings and in Melbourne, it's okay because people get to know you and you form friendships with the clients and it's a bit more, it's a bit friendlier here. Mm. You know most of the other girls, but in LA, it's just so like there's so many girls, and you just turn up to a casting, and they just treat you like every other girl. They don't care about your brain, they don't care about what you're mm. doing with your life, or what you've been through, or what you you know anything. And so I found that not hard because I was always really good at like going to a casting and then never thinking about it again. And if mm-hmm. I got the job, cool. But if I didn't, didn't bother me. But yeah, just that real face value thing I think really started it's to funny get to me. That is actually, when you think about it, that's what modelling is. It is. And it's so funny that we expect it or that we come to this point yeah. where we're like, oh, it's only for face value. And really that's literally all it's been. I found when I went overseas, it was hard because modelling became the only thing yeah. you focused on. And, and especially when you were trying to save money um, and, you know, you, you've gone there to work yeah. and make money, mm-hmm. but then you have all this pressure that if you're not working, like what else are you meant to do? And then yeah. it, it can be really negative. So did you find Yeah, that? I did. I found I didn't get a lot of work. I was very, um, I've got a bit of a weird face in the modeling world. <laughs> no, 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 because I'm not overly commercial, but I'm not super editorial. Yeah. I don't know if your listeners yeah, know what that means, but like. I've, that's the same as me. Yes. I, was, I never really. F- I nearly, f- never, like I did, but I didn't. And so I think LA is quite commercial and girls with really commercial looks get lots of and work. And commercials like working for, like in Australia, it would be like Target or Kmart or Maya. Yeah, it's really. Um, smiling and yeah, then editorials smiling. like Runway and like, I don't know, um, Louis Vuitton You know those weird like shoots you see where girls look really funny and like they've got weird makeup and stuff. That's very editorial. Yes. So it's. I kind of, I didn't really suit the LA market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my agency at the time, who I won't say who they were, but they actually called me and they were like, look, I just don't know what's wrong. I was actually on a shoot. I was doing Vogue at Italia, I think. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. It was like with a lot of girls and there was, but it was fun and, you know, it was an honour. So it was free, you know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know like how it everything. works. Um, and, they, yeah, they, my agency called me out, look, you're just not getting lots of work. We don't know what's wrong with you. We don't <laughs> see anything wrong with you. So we think it must just be like your weird vibes. And that's what they said to me. Oh, like you must goodness. just be, have like, I can't remember the words they used. They were like odd, weird, something like that. So you've moved your, kind of like moved your life over there, taking yes. this big jump. Yes. And then over the phone, they think it's okay just to tell you, oh, it's actually not working out. Well, they didn't even say it's not working out. They were like, we just can't work out why you're not booking jobs. So it must be your... It must be your personality. They said something like that. Anyway, so being like, you know, away from home, I'd luckily for me, I'd made a group of um, Australian actors all hung out a lot. And I happened, a friend here put me in contact with one of them. Great. And then I got kind of accepted into that group. 
And so I was really lucky in that sense because I had, we actually, there was three guys and me and we called ourselves a little wolf pack and it was just oh. the cutest thing. But it was like a family away from home. And I had a few other girls um, like Nat, mm-hmm. you know, Nat, um, Amanda Griffiths back then. Steph was there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there were a few girls popping in and out from Melbourne and Sydney. So I was lucky in that sense. But yeah, so they called me on this shoot. I'm in the middle of a shoot. I've had my makeup all done. I'm mm-hmm. sitting around. I think we were playing ping pong or something because there was so much time to kill. And they called me and said that. And I just like, my initial reaction was really sad. Like I was just like, how, like, you don't even know me. Like, Mm -hmm. and I am like the most positive, happy person when I meet people, Mm -hmm. like all the time. And so I was like, that just doesn't make sense to me. And then now that I look back on it, perhaps it was because I actually didn't enjoy what I was doing. Were you angry when they called or more sad? I think I was just a bit shocked. Yeah. I was like, really? Of all the people in the world you think I'm, I've got like, I'm not personable or mm-hmm. approachable. Like, cause like I know me and I know that I'm easy to come up to and talk to. I'm like, and so I think I was just a bit shocked and a bit like, it's one thing to like not attack your looks because no one ever attacks your looks. They might attack your weight or you're this or you're that, but it's one thing to attack someone's personality I think. I think that's a, a that's much harder pill to swallow. So much harder because, like, yeah. you know, you go to castings, you don't get a job, they end up choosing somewhere else. You're like, whatever, they had the look they wanted. It wasn't me. Big deal. Like, that's my face value. But when they're actually like, you're weird or you're odd or, like, you are the reason, not your looks, you are the reason that you're not getting these jobs. Like, that, that cuts. My roommate at the time, her boyfriend was on the set at the studios, mm-hmm. not on our shoot. He was doing another one. He was a designer. And he came up and he was like, are you okay? And then I just like burst into tears. Because yeah. you know when someone comes up and says, are you okay? You're like, oh, it's yep. happened. Like the floodgates are open. Um, and yeah, so anyway, um, finished that. And then I think that was kind of a turning point for me. And I just focused on going on hikes, hanging out. Because like all the actors are there for pilot season. I was there over pilot season, mm-hmm. which is where they go for lots of auditions. So we just went hiking in Malibu. We went we did like road trips everywhere. I just kind of gave modeling Enjoyed a flick. It. I was like, you know what? Like, why am I doing something that's making me sad mm-hmm. or like not fulfilling me, I guess? Um, and then I thought, um, I did tell my agency back here and they made my agency over there call and apologize. But it was a real like, we're being forced to apologize. Yeah. So we're going to apologize. Um, and then I just, yeah, I left them. And I went to went to New York. Mm-hmm. So I had two friends. I played a lot of basketball when I was younger. Um, I played for Sandringham Sabres, if anyone knows. It's like a rep. Friday night league. Friday night, yeah. yeah. Friday night league, um, you know, two trainings a week. Kind of serious, kind of not. Um, and so I had two friends who had gone on to play college in New York. And so I pretty much, I can't remember how it came about, but I think I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to come. Are you guys cool if I come? And they were like, yep, no worries. So I was like modeling during the day and living in a like college dorm (laughs) (laughs) at night. What an experience. It was so fun. So it was like movie premieres and then it was like college bars. It was so bizarre. Mm -hmm. But like, and then I was like kind of like training and playing with their team. Um, I think I went to a few classes at the college just to see what it was like, Mm -hmm. because why not? Um, and my agency there were 1.1 and they were amazing. So they were, it's going to sound bad if I say it because they weren't plus size, but they weren't, do you know, yeah, they, you know them? They're, they're not the, the tiny, typical, tiny, tiny mm-hmm. editorial girls. They're, Which in New York industry is very oh, much that. So, you need to be very, yeah. very skinny. There's not so a lot of, tiny. Yeah. Um, 
And Steph was there at that time and there were a few other girls floating mm-hmm. around. Then you came home? Yes, then I came home. So I don't think I was in a very good headspace when I came home. I think I was like, oh, I've got no money left. Mm. Like I miss my family. I was really homesick and I'm a real homebody. Like I love, like my family are awesome and my brothers are my best friends and like so I'm very much happy to be home. Um, so, yes, I came home and then started up my personal training business, which was like little boot camps in the park, which I loved, which I kind of ran through Instagram, through word of mouth, which was awesome. And but you then, filled them out. You, I remember they were full every single Yes, they were really full. Did, did you two? Two or three. I and think it was like Saturday morning. Yeah. They were full. They were awesome. Um, and I think I did that. I can't remember how long I did that for. It was quite a while. And I did. And your profile was also, your personal brand was growing at that point as well. Yes, it was. And I was doing nutrition consulting yeah. as well, um, helping. I wasn't helping. I never took on people that were unwell or had anything, I don't want to say wrong with them, but mm-hmm. that, that weren't, I don't know how to say like that. Like they needed to get a medical. Yes, yes. Medical I didn't take anything yet. like that, but I would take perfectly healthy people who could be healthier mm-hmm. and help them. Um, and that was kind of a niche that I found. And I really liked that. And I really found a lot of fulfillment in that. But it's also a really hard thing to do because mm. people, it's it's hard. Like people are so stuck in their habits, of which course. is fair enough. That's what humans, we mm-hmm. are we are creatures of habit. Um, so I found that really challenging. And I did that, I think it was probably a year in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yes, my little surprise can you remember when you – so at the time, just I suppose to set the scene for everyone, so mm-hmm. you um, were still modelling on the side in Melbourne. Yep. You had your business online growing. Yep. Um, you had your your personal brand and mm-hmm. then you're also working with heaps of brands through your personal brand, which was yep. awesome. And then you also had your PT kind of group yes. sessions and your nutritionist. Yeah, so I was like living the life. Yeah. I was making great money. I was modelling during the day. 22, 22. 2023, yeah. 22 or 23, yeah. Um, I had Rocky when I just turned 24 because okay. I'm August, she's September. Mm-hmm. Um, so 23 I must have been. Um, so how did you find out? I was really anxious, like super anxious, and I was like, this is weird. Like why am I so – and I did a workout with you and I nearly died. It was at King Club. <laughs> Do you remember – I did a workout. We did a workout, and I was like, "Why am I struggling so much right Mm -hmm. now?" Like, my body. I'm. I was. I was like my fittest. Like you know, we'd run like what 10k for fun. Yeah, we like. (laughs) And like, I had nothing else to do. Like, well, not nothing else to do, but that was my time. I Mm -hmm. enjoyed it and I loved it. Um, Yeah, so I was really anxious, and I went on that workout with you. And I just felt sick. Like mm. I remember just being like, something's wrong with me. Like, have I eaten enough today? But I had, and I was like, this is weird. Anyway, of course, I pushed myself to finish the workout and then felt disgusting afterwards. Mm. Um, and you went home. And then I think I must have been a few days later, I was at my friend's house. I was like, I'm just going to take a test, like just in case, mm-hmm. you know. And it came up. <laughs> and now that I look back, because I still have a photo of it, it was like the boldest second line, but mm-hmm. I was like, no. Nah. And it wasn't something you'd, you'd planned for. Oh, my gosh, you no. you had a partner. Yes, I had um, a partner, but it was not a planned no. Yeah. I was, you know, 22. I'd always thought I'd be a young mum, but not. Not that young. No, not yeah. that young. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, that's that's not a bold enough line. My friend's like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm sure. We need to go get an electrical one. Anyway, got an electrical one, pregnant, is 
like one to two weeks, so really early. Um, How did it make you feel when when you saw it? I think you just go into this shock because, you Mm. know, like whenever you're what sexually active, there's always a risk. Yeah, of course. And like girls often you're always like, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. Like I can't, like my period's like one day, like you've got, like I'm pregnant. Like you can be the safest person ever Mm -hmm. and it still crosses your mind because it's always a possibility, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think I was just like, you always think about it, like, oh, I wonder what would happen if I did that happen. Like it would be fine. Like, you know, it would be cute. And then it actually happens and you're like, holy crap. Mm -hmm. Like what? Like what am I going to do now? Like, you know. And whether you decide to keep it or whether you decide not to, it's still going to be... Consequences. Consequences. Like, it's a thing. Like, you have to handle it. It's not like this thing you can be like, okay, I'm just going to put it on the back burner for a little while. Or just, I'll, I'll get my parents yeah, to Yeah, I'll it. just help. Yeah. I'll get my parents to help me. So my friend, she was really good. It was probably the best person I could have done it with because mm. she's a very supportive, like, very good. Like I was just, yeah, friend from high school and just, I was like, oh, okay. She's like, it's fine. Like deep breaths. Anyway, mm-hmm. I remember going to boxing that next morning and just being like, oh my God. Like it had like no sleep. So I was like, ah. And like, it's a weird thing. Like when for me, it was like, I'd always pictured myself as a young mum, and I never saw not having a baby as an option. Mm-hmm. Now realizing the, the level of intensity I guess mm-hmm. around motherhood and I get around having a child definitely would that would be I don't know how to say that without saying sounding like terrible but you were naive at the time I was naive the, at the time yeah. and I just thought oh, have a kid yeah like that'll be easy like and you have a supportive kid? partner so it's yeah like it would be yeah a, he was great he was like whatever it. you want to do you know um and I was like you know and for me it was just like it's this thing, it's in me, it needs me, like it's my job to protect it, mm-hmm. how like, you know, that that. so I don't think that I ever really considered not having it, having her yeah. um, and now look at her, she's amazing and like that went into you know, the next nine months which was <laughs> pretty full on, I don't think anyone really realises, now I see pregnant women I'm like, you're, a, you're amazing but like, you're just like, oh yeah, I just grow a baby no. And you had morning sickness, didn't you? And, and I it felt, affected your... So I was so bloated for the first 14, 14 weeks that I looked more pregnant than like wow. than I than I actually... Then I didn't actually start showing until like 24 weeks, mm-hmm. which is... But I'm quite... I'm very tall, for those who don't know me. So it, I guess you show less you're quick. You're also extremely yeah. lean and tiny. As you said, um, your yes. genetics. Yeah. I'm very tiny. I was having a baby. Did you, how did you tell your parents? I called mum, bawling my eyes out on the way home. I actually called everyone. I called my auntie, she didn't answer. Called my mum, she didn't answer. Called my brother, mm. no one answered. And then eventually my brother answered. And so he, you told your brother first? No, I didn't tell him. Okay. I was like, can you put mum on the phone? Oh. Anyway, and so he put mum on the phone. I told her and then I was like, can you come meet me in the car? I'm driving to your house now. And she told dad who apparently just went, ah, oh, shit. Like... <laughs> Um, and so I told mum and she was really supportive. She was like, whatever you want to do, like, you know, it's your life. You're, and she did say something. She was like, you know, society makes you feel young, but you're yeah. actually not. Like mm-hmm. your body is designed to have children at this age and our society. Well, it's hard because, I mean, none of your friends. None of my friends. Were having babies or mm-hmm. anywhere near that. Everyone was probably still at the same. It's like, I mean, we were friends and I, I was just at uni. Most yeah. most of them were at uni and partying and, and, and not thinking, considering about, ha- like, thinking about having a baby. Yes, totally. 
Um, so then I decided, well, I decided that, well, we decided that we were going to keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that went on. So I had morning sickness for the first 17 weeks and it was like being really, really hungover. Yeah. All the time. Mm. It's awful. Like everyone's like, oh, it's just morning sickness. No. Like I think I only vomited like five times in total. So I was lucky. Mm -hmm. But like it is so draining and you're so tired because that initial first trimester is so taxing on your body. Like you're just so tired. Like you just nap all the time. Was it much harder than you thought it would be? To be honest, I had a really easy pregnancy in the – looking back on it now, mm-hmm. I used to get like leg cramps in the night, but like towards the end, I was still work. I walked six Ks the day before Rocky was born. Like I was still doing stuff and I was so bored because I was personal training. I was still training people. And mm-hmm. then people stopped wanting to punch me because I did a lot of boxing, which of is course. fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I kind of, and I used to get really bad back pain. So that was one thing for me. And I'm not sure if it's because I was so fit at the time that my abs were kind of holding everything in and it would push on my back. So I would like, and that would lead to migraines. I would get to the end of the night and I'd just lie on the ground crying because there was nothing no one could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and my partner at the time, Charlie, he would like massage my neck to the point that it was so sore, but it, would, it was the only thing that would help. Mm-hmm. And like you don't realise how little Panadol does until you're pregnant because <laughs> it's all you can take. Of course. Oh, you can't take Nurofen? No, nah, you can't okay. take Nurofen. So you can only take Panadol and it just doesn't do anything. Like I'm sure it does for little things, but when you're in lots of pain, like it doesn't. Um, so I kind of stopped. So I was bored out of my brain. Mm. Um, so I was just kind of exercising, floating around. Now looking back on it, I wish I'd just enjoyed that time because I have never been born, bored since having Rocky. Like I wish I'd just watched as many movies as I could and just – enjoyed doing that stuff because like even these days people are like do you want to go out do you want to go partying I'm like look not really I kind of just want to sit in front of the tv chill and out nothing. and do nothing mm-hmm. like and that's I think now looking back on it I mean it's all well and good to look back at things in hindsight but I would have just so anyone who's pregnant out there just enjoy enjoy, <laughs> enjoy doing nothing because you will never do nothing again um yeah but yes yeah, so then what was the birth like? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you want the whole story? Yes. All right. Great. Um, she was not – I was – so I just assumed, you know, they give you a date. You're like, yeah, sick. This mm-hmm. baby's going to be out of me that date. By the end of it, you're over it. You can't sleep. You're itchy because your skin's, like, stretching, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um and you're itchy and so you just you don't sleep and you just walk around and you get insomnia and like it's all very normal stuff and so she stopped moving on a Monday night I think it was not stopped moving but I hadn't felt her in a while Mm. which is normal before you go into labor but Charlie like you know was shoving my belly and she was not doing anything that sounds really bad when you but actually in a gentle way in it yeah yeah the most gentle as possible yeah it was a thing by the time you're that pregnant yeah you just you can do whatever like you know they stick their elbows out and their feet and you can poke them back in it's quite fun um (laughs) but and nothing happened so we went to the I had her at the Royal Women's so we went there and we they checked her heart monitor everything was fine and then they checked me, all was fine. Um, they were like, she's still around the wrong way. So she was posterior, which is not breached. So her feet, she was still head down, but mm-hmm. instead of her head, where's her head meant to be? Her head being down facing my spine, mm-hmm. it was up 
facing my belly. Okay. So it's posterior. And it's meant to be a lot more painful in labor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay. Anyway, that night, got home. We got home about 10, I reckon. Jumped straight into bed. As soon as my head hit that pillow, I had my first contraction. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I just got up and left because I was like, you know, Charlie should sleep. Why not? Um, and I was just, I was, my friend was in London. So I was calling her and, um, because no one else was awake mm. and the contractions were fine. They were every seven minutes. So I never had any contractions less, I mean, more than seven minutes apart mm-hmm. from the minute they started. And like at first, you know, everyone's like, it's just really bad period pain. No, no, no. It's worse. <laughs> it was fine at the beginning. I was like, oh yeah, that's a bit like that hurts a little. And then it starts getting really intense and like, you know, they start building up. Anyway, it got to about. And you didn't have any friends at this point. I think something didn't have any friends. Was, well, no friends, sorry, friends that have been through <laughs> yes, it. I mean, yeah. a lot of, if you start having children when you're 30, that might mm. be an age that, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. have gone through it, but you didn't, I mean, apart from what your mum would have told you, you, you I had didn't one, have, you didn't yeah, have I had one modelling friend who had just had a la- had her labour, mm-hmm. her and her son and Rocky are, uh, I think, like 10 weeks. Emily? Yes, yeah. him. Um, she just had a little girl. Um, she had told me, but she either had a higher pain threshold, like she was fine. So okay. she was like, yeah, it was hard, but like it was fine. Hers was like four hours beginning to end. Um, so I got to like 7 a.m. and I woke Charlie up. I said, I need, like I can't do this by myself yeah. anymore. So we started watching some show and we were just, you know, going through the thing. Then we called my mum. We're like, we're going to go into the hospital because they were getting like three, four minutes apart. It had been a long night. I was like ready to... You know, anyway, got in there. They're like, nah, you're like one to two centimetres dilated, go home. So mm-hmm. that is so disheartening because you're like, oh, my God, like I've been in labour all night. Like anyway, I got home and they do say that when you go to the hospital, your contractions will decrease because the anxiety yeah. kicks in and home is the best place to do pre-labour. Anyway, then it got to, so mum came round, got to about mm-hmm. one, you know, I was vomiting, like your body just gets rid of everything. I thought I thought I wanted a water bear. I was like, yes, I'm going to be a peaceful warrior in a water bear. Mm-hmm. Did you see that on Instagram? Bath. I don't know, but I ran a bath <laughs> and I literally hopped in for 30 seconds. I was like, get me out. I was like, I hate it. <laughs> um, so that was quite funny. Um, and anyway, then we went in again. I think it was about one o'clock. Okay. And they were like, no, you're only three centimeters or something. Mm. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm in so much pain. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with it. And I wasn't dealing with it. Like, I was getting anxiety attacks almost in between contractions because I was so scared about the next contraction because I hurt so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they – but with the public system, what happens is if you go in three times, they have to admit you. Okay. So they had to give me a bed. And they yeah. were like – and they were really – like, they were lovely – but they were also like, you're probably not going to have your baby today. And that's so disheartening. Of course. And they deal with it every day. So mm. I'm sure they don't realise how you, disheartening. Like but to only, me, I'm like, I'm in the, the most time. pain I've ever been in in mm-hmm. my whole life. And you're telling me that I've still got another, you know, 24 hours to go. So that was a bit hard. And then they, so we kept, went into the labour room, walking around, football, all this stuff. Mm. Um, and then... They were like, we can't check you. We only check every four hours because of contaminant, um, like infection and stuff. So mm-hmm. I only check your dilation every four hours. So then they're like to me, okay, I'm like, please check me. Like I was getting no breaks between contractions. I was like, I want an epidural, but they won't give you an epidural unless you dilate it a certain amount because it mm-hmm. can slow it all down. 
And epidurals where you can't feel anything. Is that yes. right? Yeah. I was like, I had been like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared of that needle. Yeah. No, oh, you no, no, no. Yeah. Give me it. Like mm-hmm. I was all, I was all like, you know, me, I was all like, I'm going to go natural. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be amazing. But I was so tired. I hadn't eaten. So I was weak. Mm. I hadn't slept that night. So this was like four o'clock the next day. And I'm like, please just check me. She's like, if I check you now and you're not dilated enough, mm. you're not going to be out. Like, I can't check you for another four hours. So mm-hmm. you're not getting epidural for another four hours. And I was like, something in me was just like, please, just please check, check me. Anyway, she checked me. She's like, oh, sorry, you are. You're like, you're like eight centimeters <gasps> dilated. I was like, okay. And she was like, and then she kind of, <laughs> she was so lovely. And I, literally they do, they're amazing. Like they deal with this every day. And like, we're crazy women. Like, I'm like, don't touch me. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you're so up and down. And then she came in. She's like, now the anesthesiologist, I always say it wrong. Anas- anesthesia? Oh, I, I, yeah. Uh, anesthetist. The anesthetist. Is in the C-section but she'll be out in a minute. There's no one on the waiting list. Do you want me to put your name down? And I was like, yes, please. And then she Wait, left. was that for a C-section or for an epidural? Oh, an epidural. Epidural, okay, yes. So I'm like, yes, please. And then I turned to my mum and I'm like, I started ranting. I was like, do you want me to put my name down? What have I been asking for for the last four hours? But I was so concerned about being <laughs> nice to the midwife. So I was like, what? What is happening? Like, just put my name down. Anyway, the moment that, what's her name? And it's... Anesthetist <laughs> walked in. I was like, I love you so much. She's like, I get that all the time. And she was like, now do you want to wait? I was like, just put it in me. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. She's like, okay, you sure? You I'm like, just do it. I don't mm-hmm. care. Like you're in so much pain. Like it's actually, you can't even describe it. Like, and I can't remember now. And they say you forget it. And for good reason, because if you remembered it, you would never have I feel like kid. that's most pain in your life at the time. It is so hard. And then as soon as it ends, yeah. it's like, oh. Like the next day I had sore arms from pulling myself away from my body. Oh my Like goodness. you are literally like trying to get out of your body. Mm-hmm. It's so horrific. Anyway, so I had my epidural and that was the best thing ever. Um, and I just got to rest. I was so worried about being tired. Mm. I was like, I'm going to meet her and I'm going to be so tired. I'm not going to be able to look after her. Like, you know. Um, and then the doctor came in and, oh, my gosh, he was the most beautiful looking doctor I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I was like, have you just walked off set? Like, who are you? <laughs> anyway, and he checked. He was like, yeah, okay, your 10 centimeters dilated. This was at, I think it was like 10 o'clock. Wow. Um that night and I'd just been sitting I'd stupidly eaten some food which because I had to ever draw I was like yeah I can eat I'm so hungry mm-hmm. without realizing that my body's still doing what All it was doing things. beforehand yeah. so even though I can't feel it it's still contracting so then like you vomit it back up because your body's like no 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 of course um and my midwife was like yeah I did think it was a bit weird that you were eating <laughs> um and then I had a change of midwife actually because they change at 10 mm-hmm. and the new one my first one was lovely, but the new one was just like, we just, it was just so nice. But then in saying that, I was also a lot calmer. Of course. Um, my epidural wore off in one spot, which I could still tell you exactly where that <sighs> is because it was like all the pain in that one spot. Um, and they, so they were trying to turn me and turn me the other way to try and get the stuff to go down. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, the drug to go down, but it didn't work. Anyway, and then, so the best looking doctor I've ever seen in my life walks in, you know, does his thing, has his hands in places. I don't even want to know what they were doing. And then he's like, yep, okay, you know, you can, we'll start pushing in about an hour, an hour and a bit. And I was like, how long does it normally take to push a baby out? And they were like, oh, you know, like it can be quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really, it was Tuesday the 27th. I was like, I really want her to be born today. 
I said, I don't, I just, there was something about Tuesday the 27th. I was just like, I really just please, like, if I can push earlier, that would be great. Like, I just really want her before. And you'd also been in labor for how long now? Like 28 oh, so hours long. or something? I was over it. Yeah. Like, um, and then, so he came back in, which was lovely of them. And they're like, yep, okay, you can start pushing. And this was at, I think it was like, it was born at 11.40. PM. Yep. PM. So that's a whole 24 hours. Um, and yeah, so they were like, yep, you can start pushing. And it literally took me like 20 minutes, which is pretty quick in pushing mm. for babies. But I was like, get out of me. <laughs> um, and then it's really bizarre. They just like throw it on your chest. This little midwife's like, take your baby, take your baby. And I was like, oh. Did you feel relief when you pushed her out or just happiness that she was here? Um, I just felt like a bit like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. like you've given me a baby and now I have to look after it. Like, are you sure I'm equipped to do this? Like <laughs> this tiny little like thing covered in weird stuff. Like <laughs> it's so gross. Um, and they look like, you know what, people say, oh, they're so cute. They're not. They look, they're so squished. <laughs> they look like little aliens. Their faces yeah. are so squished and they're so like little ugly wrinkly things and you're just like, what? Like this is mine? Okay, cool. And then I went, yes, that was fine. You get clean up, you have a shower, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I didn't really realise, like, you just think, you know, you pop your baby out and then you're done. Mm-hmm. And everything goes back to normal, which it does. And I was really lucky. I didn't have anything bad go wrong. I didn't really have any severe tears. Mm-hmm. I was fine. Because I had the epidural, I didn't realise that it would wear off. So they were like, here, take some panel in your friend. I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And then... I remember being like, holy shit. It's like I've done five spin classes in a row. and oh, my the pain. <laughs> the pain because uh-huh. it sneaks back in and you're just like, oh, my God, what has happened? Like, no, because you get this false sense after an epidural that everything's fine and then all of a sudden it creeps back in. So then I was like, okay, panel on your friend, panel on your friend. Um, but I was also really lucky with breastfeeding. I had like so much milk mm-hmm. and so much of everything that and she latched fine like she was and she still is the biggest food hungry monster i read a passage on your instagram that um you quoted from someone i just wanted to read it to you um about how i can imagine um going from you know being pregnant is one thing but then actually having a human that you have to keep alive while all your friends are still at uni and you know yeah doing 20 23 year old things mm-hmm. would be really difficult Sometimes you're scrolling through Facebook with a baby attached to you for the third solid hour and see your friends on a girl's trip at or at your favourite wine bar or laughing at an inside joke and you feel like you're the only one on the outside. Sometimes despite spending an entire day with another human glued to your chest, you feel like you've been in complete isolation. You haven't spoken normal adult words in a normal adult voice to a normal adult human and in fact you haven't actually done anything productive at all. Sometimes motherhood is lonely and that's okay because you know what? It's also rewarding and fulfilling. No. I love that, that you shared. So how were the first, you know, one to six months of, of having Rocky? How did you feel? Um, It was really isolating. Yeah. So much more than I ever 
could have imagined, mm-hmm. especially I think because of my age, but I think for everyone it's like because mm-hmm. I think what people think is like, oh, you have a baby, like the baby's born. It's like, yeah, but I wasn't a mother before this baby mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden I'm a baby. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm a mother. And so you're but like... you still feel like a baby. You, but you still feel you like, know, like you're like, like okay, yeah. I have to look after this thing and, you know, babies are hard. They cry. You don't know why they're crying. You're like, mm-hmm. you're full. You've got a dry nappy. What, what's wrong? Like kind of thing. I mean, it was beautiful and everything. Like, it was great. Um, I would probably say, like, I love being a mum. It probably took me until Rocky was 18 months to really be like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. And, and I always, hard. it's so hard. so hard. And I always used to think, I'm just going to be the best baby mum. Like, I had nannied for years. I had four kids at a time that I was nannying. I'd stayed over weekends with them. Like, I was like, yeah, I got this down pat. Mm-hmm. But like, when it's your own and that baby stage is just so relentless. And like, Rocky is amazing. Like, she's really smart. She's really, she's great, everything. But my God, she has been and sometimes can still be the worst sleeper. Mm. So I was crazy sleep deprived for the first probably 18 to two years of 18 months or two years Mm. of her life and no one talks about the sleep deprivation Mm. I was so like she was up every two hours sometimes less for at least the first year of her life and like it's so brutal because you're never getting that deep sleep Mm. so I would used to um, sleep eight you're exactly the same as me eight hours a night at least yeah at least yeah um and it was just, I think that was a big shock. And like you end up sounding, I've done a few posts on it, but you end up sounding like this broken record. I'm tired. I'm tired. Mm. I'm tired. And people just, they're like, yeah, well, that's just being a mom. And it's like, no, you're not listening to me. Like, mm. I'm so tired. So I would get anxiety about going to sleep because I didn't know when I was going to wake up next. Mm. So I could be just falling asleep. And then, you know, and I would get to the point where I actually, would not get to sleep. Like I would just cry and, you know, Charlie Mm. would take her for a night and I would just not be able to get to sleep because I was so, had so much bad sleep anxiety, I guess, Mm. um, association. And so that was probably the biggest thing for me. I think motherhood is hard in every aspect, but the sleep thing, Mm. like, and no one really tells you like, oh, they do. They're like, you're never going to sleep again. But you're like, huh. I I think when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, but I will. You know, no one cannot sleep, but you pretty much were not sleeping. You pretty much don't. Like, um, so that was, that was hard. And Uh, did you have Rocky on your own at this point because you and Charlie. No, so we separated about, she was about eight months, seven or eight months. Eight months, okay. Yes. Um, And that actually, you know what? Yes, it was hard, but I got nights off Mm. because Charlie would take the load and he would do nights. And so whether it be one or two nights a week, like that is probably what kept me sane because I knew Mm. that coming up I had a night off. And it was probably more brutal for him because he didn't have a boob that he could just whip out. Mm. And give to her. He had to go and heat up the bottle and put on it and do all that. So we separated about eight months mm-hmm. and moved into sep. I moved into another place by yourself. Yes, by yeah. myself. And then I was like, I can't live by myself with a baby without a dog. So I should probably get a puppy. Mm. And my whole family like, don't do it. It's don't. like another baby. Yeah, do not get yeah. a puppy, Ellie. That's the ri- most ridiculous thing you ever <laughs> said. Don't do it. And I remember sitting on the couch being like, bought a puppy. And mum was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, it's fine. It's going to be great. Rocky's like, she's not getting a sibling anytime soon. She can have a puppy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. You know, what? in hindsight, it was not a very good idea. But now I look at them 
and they're so cute and like they're the best of friends and like Rocky roll I got a bulldog Australian bulldog <laughs> and Rocky like rolls on top of her her name's Molly um one time I was at the park and a girl said I think you named your daughter and your dog wrong <gasps> I think your daughter she, she was like seven <laughs> and I was like oh hit me where it hurts <laughs> like um and do you did you feel safer having no because, in the house uh, I think it was just more about that family aspect. Yeah. I think I really had, was really holding on to this idea like that, you know, every girl's like the white picket fence, yeah. like, you know, um, and I've always had dogs, like, you know, Bella, like yeah. I used to, like my parents, German Shorehead Pointer, and I love dogs forever. And so I would, you know, do everything with her. And then I was just couldn't fathom the idea of having a place without a dog. Mm-hmm. And yes, for security as well. Mm. And she is really good, like, um, she's somehow taken a real disliking to men. That's not my fault. Oh my goodness, that's so <laughs> but funny. But it's very funny. Certain men that she knows is fine, but like men in caps she doesn't like and stuff. But it, it's not a bad thing. Like when I was living by myself, it was really handy because mm. I knew, like she sounds scary. She would never hurt a fly and she looks kind of scary because she's got like the... Um, she's a bulldog. She's a bulldog. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was, yeah, a security thing for me. Um, and just... It actually got me out of the house. Mm-hmm. And I think that was important because I think it would have been so easy to just, you're so tired and, you know, you don't have a lot to do. And that's the weird thing, like, because I've been doing personal training and all that kind of stuff. And I'd been so busy. Like, I wasn't doing so much. Yes, I went from doing so much to having this child, which is so much, but still, it's a different type of so much. It's not stimulating for your brain. It's like Groundhog Day over and over and over again. And I never, when I was doing PT and nutrition, I loved it and I loved everything and perhaps I would have gone had I not had Rocky into a business of some sort, um, you know, I don't know. But You can still do that now. No, 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 but I never felt like it was my what I wanted to do. Your calling or your... Yes, yeah. I never, it was never, yes, this is, I love this with my whole heart and I'm just going to, this is going to be it for me. Mm-hmm. Like I was always, I think I always had teaching in the back of my mind. That was always my plan B. Mm-hmm. always my thing um and so yeah you're just kind of so having the dog definitely made me get out every day went for walks went to the park you know rocky would wake up early we'd all get in the prayer and go mm. for a walk and i think that was really like quite healing for me like to have to get out a and, reason to go outside yeah a reason to get outside and even the freezing cold like you'd still mm. go and it would be fine but yeah so yeah and you and charlie use the term co-parenting a lot Oh, yes. What I was meant that? to, um, when you sent me the questions, I was meant to Google what it actually What is definition. it to you? Um, well, obviously we are not together in a romantic relationship. But and you we, do have a very strong friendship. Yes, we do. Um, it's taken time and mm. a lot of hard work from both of us and we're both really proud of where we are and we're so, like we're each other's number one supporters. Mm. And I think it's just, you know, you're not, I'm not alone. And I think that's mm. the thing. Like, yes, I may be a single mum, but I have, and he a single dad, but we have each other for everything if we need. It is a weird, like a lot of people find it hard to wrap their head around. Is that hard for you? It is because it is and it isn't because I never saw it. I was like, yeah, we'll just separate and have different days and it'll be fine. Mm. And he really pushed. He was like, no, I want to be friends. I want this to be us together. I want, and you know, I did want that too. I never wanted to be the parents that, don't talk at drop off mm. or, and I wanted to be the ones that like come around for dinner and do all that kind of stuff. And it was really important for me. I was like, I will never, as a parent myself, I will never tell 
her other parent that he cannot come and see her whenever he wants. Mm. That didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, how can one parent determine when another parent, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like has like how to come one parent gets more power than the other. That's Especially what I never understood. Case, I suppose in some cases, if there's been violence or things like that, oh, of no, course, no, no, of course. Sense, there's, but in your case, in our you, case, neither of you had done anything no, wrong. No, right. And you both and wanted to be parents. Yes. And I'm so lucky because never once have I been like, I'm worried about her safety. I'm worried about him not doing something right. I'm worried ever. Like never had to worry about mm. that. And that's so lucky for us. And I think for us, both of us wanted to be the co-parents we are now. And that's what you need mm. because otherwise it's an uphill battle. But we both were like, no, we're going to be each other's supporters. And Rocky's so young and, you know, there was just so many things. And, like, it took some time. Like, mm. an adjusting, everything does. Um and but now we can go on holidays together. Like if I do pick up or drop off, I'll stay for lunch. I'll stay for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's nice. Like we, I never wanted to have two birthdays or two, which is nothing wrong with that. And mm. for some kids, it works great. But for us, well, some families it works great. But for us, I just wanted to make sure that you know she knew. You know what? Relationships don't always work out in a romantic sense, but. It doesn't mean you can't be friends. And I think that, like, and that we get to go to her inter- school interviews together and we'll go to concerts and we'll mm. do all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was really important to me. So, yeah, so we are there now. I just actually came back from a little holiday on the Gold Coast with them and now mm-hmm. she's up there with her dad and I am back here for my first five nights stint alone. Wow. Um, I know. So funny. Everyone's like, what are you going to do? Watch like, Netflix watch Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> like plant some plants, do some really <laughs> stuff that I just don't really get around to doing. Um, and, yeah, so. How does Rocky find it? I mean, because she's three. Is that nearly right? three. Nearly three. Does she ever ask why you're not, she doesn't live in the same house all the time or she doesn't? It's just what no, she knows. I think because she's always, that's all she's known because yeah. mm-hmm. we're so young and Daddy's house, mummy's house, mummy's staying at daddy's house, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. Um, she just, yeah, she doesn't see That's anything. Awesome. Um, and as she gets older, it'll be quite a bit more structured, but she's still so little. And, like, for any parents, I mean, and anyone who has nieces, nephews, sisters, brothers, the young years are hard. Mm. Kids are demanding. Like, she needs attention all the time. And she doesn't have a sibling to, like, have, like, you know, do that with or distractor or anything so she doesn't need attention all the time so it's Mm. so much easier for us and that is also a thing that we were like you know what are your goals for the next five years what are my goals for the next five years and how are we going to work together to make sure we both get to meet those goals and so mine has been studying so I want to be a teacher so I'm doing my masters of teaching now um how's that while having a having rocky um is it hard yes but it's so fulfilling yeah like it's everything I want to be doing. So in that sense, yes, like I'm a better mum because mm. I'm so like, I'm like, yes, this is my purpose. This is what I want to be doing. Like I'm never questioning it ever. Um, and so that has been really, really nice for me, I think. Um, it's a two-year course and I'm doing it over four years. That's a bit hard for me because I'm like, I just want to be teaching now. Mm. Um, Don't worry, I've been at uni for eight and a half oh, years seriously? Now. I know, yeah. It's going to take me ten. <laughs> exactly. But, like, you're just like, I just want to do that now. Of like, course. I just want to be in a classroom and have my class. Yeah. And 
Um, but, you know, good things take time. And I also, like, there's that battle and it's always that battle. And I feel like a lot of mums would agree with me. It's like, okay, I want to be the best parent I can be and I want to give my child as much possible time as I can, but then I also need to have a life. Mm. And I think that's what I lost a bit in there. I forgot. Mm. I forgot, but I found it really hard to find out my, like, who I, you were. Yes, and you get this mum guilt. Anything you do, yeah. oh, my God, I snapped at her. I'm the worst parent ever. Oh, my mm. gosh, I'm going away for a night. I'm the worst parent. Like there's always this mum guilt. Oh, my God, I didn't give her an extra from? kiss before bed. Like I think it's just mums. I think it's just what – I think it's just a universal thing. Like mm. you always want the best for your children and there's something in you that just – you immediately put your child first, mm-hmm. always do, and you just – it's never a thing. Like it's never an option. It's just how you you do it. Um, and so, like, you know, I've got five nights off, which is the longest I've ever been away from her. And I was, like, so nervous yesterday leaving. I was like, oh, my God, she's going to think I've left and na nah, nah. But then, and in saying that, it's also much more normal for Rocky because we have been separated for so long. So she does go a night or two without mm. me. Um, so it's not, like, a big change for her. Mm. We've done three or four nights before. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I was just like, oh, my God, she's going to think I've abandoned her. I'm going to scour her for life. Mm. And then you're just like, what do you mean? Like, this is making me a better mum. I need this break. I took on way too much last semester and I took on three subjects in placement. Mm. What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why? Why would I do that to myself? I thought I was going to try and do it in the three years. Yeah. I really was like, okay, I'll just do it as quick as I can. And then I realised, like, you know what it's like with uni, you can never just focus on what you're doing because it's always in the back of your head. Yeah. So I would be hanging out with Rocky and I would be like, I yeah, have so much stuff to do. And it made me like a bit more snappy and a bit more mm. everything because I would be like, can you just sit there and play for two seconds? I just need to finish this or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then over placement, Charlie was away. So yeah. um, he goes away for work sometimes and he was away. So that was really hard. So I went from, you know, into like full-time work. work for three weeks and then before that probably three or four days at uni for like 12 weeks um and that was a big change for me so you moved back home with your family yes I did has that been uh I just I was so I lived have lived in two places by myself and I just was you know trying to make it work by myself Mm -hmm. and my family was like why are you doing this to yourself it's so hard with a child Mm -hmm. like come home there's so many people to help out there's all of us around, you know, my both my brothers live at home and mum and dad. Mm. It's a big house. Like if we were crowded, we are crowded, but it's so it was just so many hands to help. Um Why so yeah, do you I moved think home. You wanted to live by yourself. Did you feel like because you had, you know, you had your own child now, you had to be independent and you had to have your own place and I think Or you didn't want to ask for help? No. I don't know. I'm pretty good at asking for help. Mm. But I I think I just I really love my own space. And that is something I had to forfeit in moving home. Mm. Like I love making my own space and putting plants everywhere and fairy lights and <laughs> having my own area to have friends over and stuff mm. like that. So I loved living by myself. But with Rocky who didn't sleep, mm. it was really hard because I was tired all the time um, and just even the making dinner. Like sometimes you just be like, oh, I can't be bothered. Um, so I just, yeah, but I decided, so it just seemed easier to mm. move home. Um, and now I've reached a point where I'm ready to move out again. And so probably in the next six months I will move out again mm-hmm. and get my own little place, just a little apartment. But, 
Yeah, because it's easier now and kids get easier and you don't, but you don't see that when you're in the initial stages mm. of it. So I went from like living the life to having this constant little leech attached to me, <laughs> beautiful <laughs> leech, um, and you just don't realise, yeah, how much energy and everything they take, but it's so much. What about social media? So I know you took a break off social media for yes. seven, was it seven months? After, after that, Rocky? after I had rock. Um did, was that because it put pressure on you um, or you just wanted to get off it for a bit? I think I just needed to get off it. I think I just, I found it really hard to adapt to motherhood and mm. I thought I would find it really easy and I thought I would be this type of mum who loved it. Mm. And um, I did do a post about it not long ago and I think you shared it, but just I was trying to be this mum that I thought I would be mm. and then I realised it's not, like I thought, I really thought that I would just be this stay-at-home mum. I would love life. I would mm. just find so much joy in that. And while I did find joy in parts of it, I also needed to use my brain. Mm. And I just, yeah, it was hard, like that adaption from and being so young and not having friends who did it and stuff and being isolated. I think I just needed that break like because I would constantly see all my friends doing things that I used to do and that was hard. Mm. I was like, okay, I'm sitting here, you know, I've been up for five times tonight. I'm so tired, but I can't sleep. And now all my friends are doing these amazing things, which is great for them. But for Mm. me, I was like, this is just making this harder. So I think I just took a break. And for me, like, I didn't know, you probably know now, we don't show Rocky's face. And so we, I think it was just that privacy thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The privacy thing through the separation. And we are quite conscious of being private of each other and, Mm. um, Rocky and you know all that kind of stuff um and then but when I got it back I just it was like it was nice and even now like you know sometimes I don't post for like a week Mm. I think I just dropped because I was building it up for work and everything Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden I was like why am I doing this like there's no I'm not making money off this Mm -hmm. like I'm not and so I just kind of dropped off and now I just I mainly somehow evolved into motherhood stuff (laughs) Of course, because that's what your yeah, life is. Yeah, and you, I know. You share I share so much of it, um, and you know, in your own way. And I think we're very similar in that I'm the same. I don't post for the sake of posting. Yeah, I post when I have something I want to talk about. And yes. you can't plan that. Like you can't be like, no. okay, I'm going to pl- post at seven a.m. Yes, every morning, no. be- because the emotions don't come then. They can yeah. come at any time. Mm-hmm. And you just write. And I don't know if, if you're the same, but for me, it's like a release of like, okay, this is how I'm feeling, and I write it yes, out totally, and then I put it out. There. Yes, and it's so like I just get. I think the rewarding thing is like and you would do it in your own way as well like you get I get so many messages from mums going through similar things mm. and that just because sometimes like you know I was writing down my five-year plan the other day just briefly and I was like social media like am I going to keep it mm. and I kind of was like okay the only way I'm going to keep it is if it's helping other people and I was just like I need to make sure that my posts are you know relatable not not well you know that because mm-hmm. you you're very relatable on your page like things that are normal and that happen in life and that so I just kind of that's what I do now <laughs> and you do it so well and I think anyone that does want to follow Ali you can it's Ali Lemons yeah just E-L-L-I-E Laura says it like Ali but E-L-L-I-E with an E Ali yes. how are you meant to say it Ely <laughs> <laughs> um, say it how you say it <laughs> So to finish off, I'm actually, I'm going to get in big trouble from Steph. I Ooh. was, well, not serious trouble. <laughs> I was so excited to talk to you and I forgot to ask you the questions that we ask 
before we start every oh, podcast. Naughty. So we're going to do them at the end. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so yeah. three quick fun facts about you. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, like anything? Anything. I sleep with a pillow on my head. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know. It gives me a sense of calm. And if it's not a pillow, it's like a jumper or something. Mm-hmm. I just like something over my head. Um, I don't like lollies. Like, really? I don't like, like, yeah, I just. But you like chocolate. Yes, I'll take We've chocolate. We've eaten a lot of box of chocolate together. Yeah, we have. <laughs> um, I just don't like, I don't know. And um, I still play basketball with my mum on Thursday nights. So awesome. Like, that's cute. Yeah. Thank you. Love those. Then the second question is, what has been the most pivotal moment in your life so far? Hmm. I think, and this is something I wanted to cover in here anyway, was I think they just, I can't pinpoint the exact moment, Mm. but I do remember this point and I was like, you know, this is hard. After Rocky, this Mm. is hard. I miss my life. Mm. I miss everything. And then just recognizing that it was a constant story that I was telling myself. This is hard. You don't do anything your friends do anymore. You're, you know, you're just a stay-at-home mom, like all this stuff, like quite not negative, so to speak, just like very like justified Mm. and I could justify it and that was probably the problem. And then at some point someone must have pulled pulled me up on it, maybe Mm. Charlie because he's good at that stuff. And I just went you know what, I am telling myself this story and I can change Mm -hmm. my story. Like I can go, you know what, yeah, she was a surprise, but she was the best surprise ever. Mm. Like she's so beautiful. She's so healthy. I get to be her mum. I get to stay home and look after her. Mm -hmm. Some mums have to go back to work straight away. Like I get to study. I get Mm -hmm. like, and just changing it to like totally spinning it around. And I don't remember the exact point, but honestly, like, before that, like now, I'm just like the happiest person. <laughs> no matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, I just have a real, I guess I'm able to spin things now really positively, which is important, mm. I think. And I don't, so I don't remember the exact moment, but it was a moment where I went, I am literally convincing myself of why I should feel crappy mm-hmm. instead of convincing myself all the positive things, which is so easy to say. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you say it all the time. Everyone says it, but sometimes it's really hard. Um, and yeah. But you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. You can spin a positive on nearly any situation and like, you know, oh, this happened. Yes. But what can I learn from that? And yes, I won't do that again. Like at least I've learned that this mm-hmm. way. You know, there's always a positive. It sounds so cliche, but it's just always a positive you can take out of things. And yeah. That's so special. What about, to finish off, a goal, any goal that can be to do with anything in your life? Um, well, I obviously want to get my degree. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big goal. What kind of teacher do you want to be? Primary. Yeah, what grade? Yeah. I just had a placement in year four. Yeah. And I thought that would be a bit old for me. Mm-hmm. I was a bit worried. I actually really loved it. But I think year sixes scare me a little. I feel like there's a little sass yeah. coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh, they like that tone of voice. Um. I don't mind. I'm really, I just, I always knew, you know, and before when I was doing my personal training, I always like thought I would do something with kids and I Mm -hmm. wanted to do kids stuff. And now I'm in this and I love it so much. And I'm just, you know, something with kids. I don't really, any year level is fine. Little preppies are cute, but they're pretty snotty. But then again, (laughs) I've got Rocky, so so I've got a little one. Um, But a goal, yes, to finish my degree, um, maybe write a book. 
one day. Yeah. I always thought I would write a book. I don't know what on. Maybe, I mean, a lot of my posts now are on um, kind of not squishing children's emotions and letting mm. emotions be very normal because um, there's a lot of like, oh, they're just two, that's just what they're doing. It's like, yeah, but their emotions are real to them. And I found a lot of people relate to that. And, you know, a lot of mums will message me and go, I didn't even think of it like that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to be so much more tolerable now. And so I think maybe a book on something like that. I love that. And, yeah, any mums listening or anyone, highly recommend following you. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Al. I really enjoyed this. And I think yes. our community will really, really have loved hearing from you. No, I hope so. <laughs> Thank you. So thanks, guys, for listening. Hope you guys liked getting to know our beautiful friend, Ellie. Yeah. So what is our question of the week, Lawsy? It is from Katie Mm -hmm. and it is, are you ever coming to Perth? Oh, yes. So we got this one after we were at the Brisbane Fitness Expo um, and our news is that we will be... But <laughs> it's going to be a part of something much bigger and something really cool that we've wanted to do for a while. Uh, we can share more information uh, in the coming week. You don't sound very excited. No, I just talk. It's hard. I hate. I hate doing this like something's coming thing. But so, like we've kind of not really answered your question. But yes, we will be coming to Perth, um, and it's a part of something that we. I'm will super be. excited because we get to announce it in the next week. So yeah. we're not. It will be very very soon. It has been something we've been working on for a very long time. Yeah. We yeah. can't wait to announce it. Yeah, and yeah, we'll be in Perth. Yep. So there's our answer. Yes, but. <laughs> We'll give you more info later. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you'd like to hear or see more from us, you can find us on Instagram at keepitcleaner or laura.henshaw or stephclairsmith. And if you guys liked this chat and you want to hear more, we've obviously got all our other podcasts that we've put up and we put up one every week, every Wednesday. Um, And if you'd like to subscribe so that you're kept in the loop, we would greatly appreciate that. And thank you for all of your support of our podcast so far. We love you guys and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.